intro. We don't have one. Never. Never. We do sit really far back from the microphone, though. We do that, though. Uh, I don't have it. You got to choke up on it. Oh, sorry. Otherwise, people won't be able to hear you. Uh, You're always rocking out. Not open this show. Wow. Uh, You're always rocking out to music I can't hear. And (laughs) I'm always wondering... What is he listening to? Because you're always having such a good time. Now we know you don't listen to the show. That's not true. That's How could that not be true? You literally don't know what the music is. Nah. I, I catch the end. I drop in in the middle, like most podcasts. I tune. I flip, I flip over, see what's Stop. going on. Stop. Now, see, if it was, if you did that, if it is live, if you did that live, yeah. it makes sense. Uh-huh. But you can't. No. Because you're on it. This live show. Yes, I know. <laughs> Sorry, like how we, that grinding sound. You know what it was. Uh, it's uh, Rockin' Pneumonia and the Boogie Woogie Flu. Oh, okay. By Huey Piano Smith. Okay. All right. Uh, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I don't... Okay. I'll stop talking now. <laughs> we should get an intro. <laughs> we don't have one, you though. You think? Yeah. Other than to say it's co-videos. Yes. Which we're going to have to come up with a new name for, maybe, if we continue doing this. Hopefully someday. Uh, uh, yeah. the, the radio show about movies that you can listen to with as many people as you want, as long as they're all in different houses in different parts of the world there online. We talk about films that we've watched, both classic and modern, for your quarantainment. Yes. You're welcome, world, for that one. <laughs> and we got uh, two two real special movies uh, this week yeah. to talk about. I am yeah. excited to cover. And I think that we figured out that we're going to do uh, yours first Yes. Um, by Predetermined Draw. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, I'll just say, I'm alive. You're alive. Mm-hmm. Nothing to cover in the uh, political situation other than it's it's extant still and there's people that need your donations and your help like right. the minnesota freedom fund uh we are lake street is an organization yes. that supports lake street businesses and i always tell people united way mm-hmm. give the united way mm-hmm. the cool thing about the united way is it's targeted when you donate you can enter a zip code that's pretty cool you know and literally yeah. say i want my money to go to that neighborhood support that neighborhood mm-hmm. so in this case that neighborhood is the zip code 55406 if you want to uh, donate to communities and people who need help uh, in that specific area. And there's going to be some. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's really cool. I didn't realize that the United Way was, was that targeted. That's really neat. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're worldwide. Yeah. Well, they're nationwide. Look, I'm not the hype man for the <laughs> United Way. You're not? Give it up for my man, United Way. <laughs> I really help people. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Uh, so let's just move right on to your film, because I think we've got a lot to talk about on two different films, two different fronts. Yeah, um, we do. Um, my film is the movie uh, The Lost Boys. Um, what did I know about this film? I believe it is based on a book. Um, I knew it was about teenagers in the 80s. <laughs> I don't know how old uh, Jason Patrick really is, but yeah, I know. He's probably not a teenager. Um and uh well they they play teenagers. Um and and vampires. Lots and lots of vampires. That's so, correct. Um It's so, not yeah. based on a book. It's not based on a book? No. Why did I think it was based on the book? Do I get it mixed up with the outsiders? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Is you that know what the outsiders could have used? Vampires? Stay alive forever, pony boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Maybe that's what I did. Yeah, I thought it was based on a book. I don't know. Why? Can I ask you something before I'm, we get I'm, into I'm it? I'm going to tell you right now. Go for it. Why are they called Peter Pan? The Lost because of Peter Pan. Yeah. Really. And if you think that that is a little bit shallow, I'll tell you what The Lost Boys is about. <laughs> uh, the Lost Boys is about a family that moves to Santa Clara, which is yes. a town in Southern California standing it, in for Santa Monica. I was going to say, it's not like a real that. town, is it? No, no, no. No. But it's not like Santa Monica is a city, but this is just a move specifically to Santa Monica Pier. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, the right, weirdos. right. It's yeah. like if, if the town was just Santa Monica Pier Pretty much. and then the weird old guy's uh, animal murder cabin out in the woods. Yeah. And a, and a cool video store. Uh, and uh, yeah, and it's so it's a family. It is Michael and help me. Sam. Sam and... Uh, Diane Weist plays the mom, Lucy, mm-hmm. uh, which I might be a reference to Dracula. I don't really know. Probably. And, well, maybe. And uh, they are moving there. It's not really important because the movie doesn't care, so I don't care. Uh, but it's very she got divorced. Karate kid. Like yeah, it's like the Karate Kid. Yeah. Um. So you know, it's like, hey, we're from another part of, part of the nation, but they're, right. they're from Phoenix, so it's like, no, we're cool. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not like New York. It's not like Danny Larusso. Yeah. And so they're trying to fit in, and uh, of course Michael is a thirty-five-year-old, I mean, a teenage uh, horn dog, <laughs> and his brother Sam is like a precocious, maybe 10, 11 year eleven-year-old. Yeah, uh, who's got it's Corey Haim. I'll just say it's Corey Haim. Yeah, and yeah, now yeah. you know everything you need to know. <laughs> right. Corey Haim in a succession of really bad shirts, and uh, yes. they go down to explore the uh, boardwalk one night and check things out, uh, where we meet. Epic sax man, which we'll talk about a little oh later. Oh my god! Yeah, and uh, Michael sees a, a beautiful girl that he sort of chases a little bit. Um, Sam goes to a comic book store where um, the other Corey, Corey Feldman, works, mm-hmm. and his brother. Guy never really did anything, so I don't really know his name. Uh, right. The Frog Brothers, and they're giving him the like. There's a, some gatekeeping going on here. Some real gatekeeping. Yeah, they're like. You probably don't like comic books. And he's like, let me give you a rundown about where you should stock your Superman comics filled with just enough things pulled from Superpedia or whatever they had back then (laughs) to make me seem like I know about comic books. Right. But don't fake the funk. And then instead of giving him like Blade, which would be awesome, uh, they give him a good point, a fake vampire comic book. Yeah, right. But that basically uh, that's where they got all their information about killing bloodsuckers because this town's lousy with them. Yeah. You better pray you never have to call us. Right. He's like, well, I'll, I'll start praying. <laughs> uh, Michael runs into this girl, and he also runs into a gang of toughs. Yeah. Uh, in the 80s style, uh, biker leather, um, lots of uh, eye makeup. Earrings. Um, the only two you'd recognize are Alex Winter, uh, Bill from uh, Bill and Ted. Bill S. Preston Esquire. Yeah. Alex Winter and oh, sorry Alexander Winter as he's credited in the film and <laughs> one Kiefer Sutherland yes. in one of his what's got to be one of his first movies yeah I'm trying to think of when Stand by Me came out eighty hmm, six I, I think this was actually before yeah that was a year before because eighty seven was uh, Lost Boys but is a uh, you know late eighties early nineties good good era for uh, Kiefer Sutherland yeah uh, and he says uh, Michael about four hundred times in the movie. <laughs> Uh, but it's basically like, <laughs> let's have a series of dares. And so they all ride bikes. Uh, and so they lure Michael out to the coast where there's an old hotel 
Am I doing you? Am I doing too much here? Uh, you, maybe you're doing too much. Well, I'll try to wrap it up. Yeah. Um, there's an old hotel where uh, – oh, I'll, I'll show you a trick I learned. So there's an old hotel that used to service people around the turn of the century, the time after time, sort of Christopher Reeve era. Uh. But there was an earthquake, and it fell down, and now these guys use it. Uh-huh. And they, they're mean, and there's there's a lot of, like, teasing and a lot of, uh, you know, hazing going on. Yeah. And at one point, they're like, hey, drink this. You got to drink this, Michael. And uh, he drinks it, and whew, things start going weird. He's floating out of his house, and mm-hmm. he's starting to disappear out of mirrors. And Sam realizes, you're a filthy, blood-sucking vampire. Yeah, uh, right. So cue the hilarity. Um, they have to try to keep it secret while also protect themselves from the more aggressive um, boys in town. Yes. And I'll cut it off there. I didn't actually do the trick. The, I, I watched this. There's this guy that's been doing like recaps of like 80s action movies on YouTube for you know almost 10 years, maybe more. Okay. And he always he just describes, does a plot summary, but he always stops right before the third act. Oh. So he's like, you know, Robocop then finds out that Dick Jones is behind this, but he goes to arrest him, but he can't, you know, and he's attacked by Ed 209. You know, and he's saved by uh, by Lewis. So when they made Robocop, so they're like, wait a minute. <laughs> tell me, write another story, Papa. <laughs> but it's like good. It's like he doesn't have to tell you the whole thing. Yeah, so that's only sure. about halfway through. But we'll talk about the structure of this film, I guess, as we get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Sorry. We're just being told that the curfew is just about to begin in about a half an hour. Minneapolis. You know, it <laughs> makes me jump out of my skin every time I hear it. So, uh, if you don't turn it off, the, well, how come you don't get it? I no, I got it. No. For whatever reason, it didn't buzz on my my phone. I don't know why that is. I want that. <laughs> What'd you think? Um. Well, it's a. Mm. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say overall, I liked it, but. As far as, like, 80s movies that... About kids that fight monsters? Well, that. but <laughs> like, like Monster Squad, which came out the same year? Right, right, right. Or, um... Uh, uh, you got something else that you're thinking of. There's, it's not the Goonies. Oh, Fright Night. Like, Fright Night? Fright Night came out in 85. I haven't seen Fright it's Night. It's literally the same thing. It's like two boys are like like comic books, and they're like, I think our neighbor's a vampire. And then they have to go find a guy who, like, you know, Roddy McDowell knows how to kill vampires or whatever. And, but Is maybe, Fright Night good? Maybe he's, um, it's a part like this. It's, oh, okay. It's okay. It's, uh, oh, yeah, it's good. It's good. Should I put it on my list? That's what um, I'm asking. Yeah. <laughs> the list. The list is life. It'll take your entire life to watch I, all the films yeah. if you put every movie on there. I, I know, but I'm asking what, if I should if I should watch. Plus, it if you watch it, then you're you're cursed. Uh, a mummy hand comes out of the oh, case is that right? and curses you to watch the Fright Night remake Uh-oh. with Colin Farrell as the as the vampire, Anton Yelchin as the main character. Oh boy, I don't remember who the love interest is. Somebody cute, maybe Imogen Poots. I don't know. And then uh, David Tennant is the Roddy McDowell character. Wait, didn't I see that? Well, maybe. I think I saw that. <laughs> it's okay, so it's not Did good. Did I see that? <laughs> Never mind, it's not good. You got your answer. Uh, more about Lost Boys? <laughs> uh, so, okay. 80s movies. It, 80s movies. I mean, it's not like... 
So there are a lot of 80s movies that, that are, I, I think, fall into the cult classic category. And I think this this is one of them. And it's one that I've heard about for a really long time. But I don't think it's as good as a lot of other cult classic 80s films are. Um, like Monster Squad. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's got elements in it that are good. Like, I like that there are comic books in it, but then they don't. I mean, I guess they kind of continue to use the tactics that they learn in the comic books, but it doesn't. It's kind of basically just like it falls this, apart this is a tool that you learn from, and yeah. then we don't really refer to it ever again. So I, you know, I would have liked if that was in it more. Um, uh, so I, I don't know. Like they, they go to they go to live with their grandpa, and their grandpa lives kind of out in the sticks. And he is... No, 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 now you're just doing a plot summary. Now I'm doing a plot... I'm, I was just going to say he does taxidermy and stuff like that. Yeah. But they act like... From the movie, it seems like they've never been there before. From the reactions. This is this is the kind of thing that she gets stuck on, people. Uh, well... This is it. What, what? about this, this series of suggests, reveals, fake reveals, re-reveals? The structure... Both movies we talk about tonight, I have structure notes. Um, yeah. Because they set Grandpa up as weird. And yeah. at first you're like, I know this movie's about vampires. Do I need to worry about Grandpa? And then later yes. you're like, all right, I guess we've just settled into the kooky old man thing. Yeah. Then when he saves everybody at the end and he's like, ah, damn vampires. Like, that was it? That dog? Ain't very shaggy. No. The, the whole movie was just a long bit about how Grandpa's new the whole time and he's a real kook. Yeah. That was it? That was apparently it. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know mo- why that was all, it. This movie not only starts over water, you know my rule, <laughs> movies that open yeah. over water, yeah. it keeps going back to water. I know they got the- In the, the moonlight. I, I know they got the carnival on the Santa Monica Pier shot. Yeah. But they do it. We paid for the helicopter. We're going to use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at 98 minutes, they're like, stuff more panning in there. So they've got that. Like, you know, whenever Michael is um, sleeping late at night or whatever, and he's struggling with transforming to a vampire, there's a lot of, like, sort of swoops over the ocean, sort of panning up on cliffs and stuff like that. So it keeps going back to the water. Yeah. And when a movie opens with People Are Strange, and it's not the doors. Right. It's Echo and the Bunnymen for some reason. And I don't remember that. I remember seeing this in the theater and thinking, oh, it's the doors. They even have, they have a poster of Jim Morrison in, yeah, the, you're right. in the Batcave. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Jason Patrick is, you know, he probably read for that Oliver Stone movie. You know probably. what I mean? But <laughs> then they go out and get Echo and the Bodyman? I, I, I don't know what's going on. So it's like, I think there's a lot of funk being faked here. Yeah. Now, I don't think that it's not charming. Mm-hmm. But for, you know, having s- the two of the vampires are zeros. Um, Alex Winter, I guess we didn't know what we could get from him, but he has a ton of charisma in the film. We could have yeah. had something. Well, and he's they the don't one that gets give killed. him anything to do. No. And Kiefer don't... Sutherland has all the lines, and don't get me wrong, Kiefer Sutherland is chewing up the scenery in this, and like he's... <laughs> chewing the scenery and he... maggots. I love uh, the, yeah, I love and the he, maggots. he is having, clearly <laughs> having a bit. great time. Because it's he's he's clearly a shitty vampire because... They get this kid in here, right? And the ultimate thing is, we want him to drink blood because we want him. And to be maybe one there's of us. some kind yeah. of thing like you have to tell me if you're a cop thing. Like they can't lie to him; they have to tell him it's blood. He has to accept, like even oh, if he doesn't understand, not established. Even but if he yeah. doesn't understand the stakes, 
so to speak. Mm. We, he has to know what it is. Mm. So they do they do it in threes, right? They give him maggots, worms, and then they go, that's blood. And he's like, okay, I, I, you, you and your tricks. I'll just drink this coppery tasting liquid. I, Fine. I, I know, right? But when he, they first get him in, he's eating the rice and he's like, how are those maggots, Michael? Michael, you're eating maggots. Michael, Michael, look. Hey, M- Michael's eating maggots, everybody. Look. It's like he doesn't get the misdirect wrong. And he's just like trying to do his big reveal. And this guy's just like house in a box of rice. I know, right? <laughs> like, hey, look. Mag- maggots. Look. Look. It's maggots. Maggots. So anyway. But I want to know. I mean, it's a good bit like turning the rice into maggots. Uh, and I know in order for it to work, it has to be white rice. But who eats a carton of white rice by itself? I'm just hungry. I guess he does. They 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 also have to sell it right because uh, he's like a billion Chinese can't be wrong. Right, 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 right. <laughs> right I know. It's like, what are you doing? Um, um, just a sidebar. Yeah. How? What percentage gay is this film? Do you think? Do I have to say? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a Joel Schumacher movie. Uh huh. All Joel Schumacher movies exist on a spectrum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are uh, <laughs> from a from a. From a, uh, what's the uh, Vietnam movie that he made? Oh, God, I don't know. I can't know. remember. Let's say that's a one uh-huh. with Batman and Robin <laughs> at oh. 10. Where do we fall on the spectrum? It's pretty high on Batman and Robin, I think. Or like, I guess I haven't seen, is Elephant the one about uh, Columbine? Oh, I guess I, I haven't seen that know. one. Wow. Wow. You know, if you pop the back of a raft, it makes it go faster. <laughs> we know that. Comedically. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just, there's just not, I, I give me more. It's, it's like, um, it's like Friday the 13th 2, right? Part uh, 2. Uh-huh. Uh, no, sorry. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's some gay stuff in Friday the 13th um, Part 2. You're, you're, Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street, Elm Street yeah. There is, there, it's not, it's text. It's not even subtext. Mm. And in this, you just have two brothers playing grab ass and then at one point it's like now you get right up behind him and then Corey kind of nuzzle into his neck and like what what are you doing what yeah right no put it all on on the michael and uh Kiefer sutherland yeah right 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 and yeah yeah they're trying to impale each other at the end uh-huh yeah oh, see this is <laughs> i see what you're doing i do um you're like silly putty me? The slow, the slow blade will penetrate. Okay. Things will bounce off you, but wow. if we if we All just right. let them sink in, okay. Um, but this is your movie. Go ahead. <laughs> the real love story is the Corys. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, I agree. Um, wow. Uh, so I just have questions. So like, okay. clearly, like. Uh, so there's so many people missing, and it's the murder capital of the world. Oh, we did all that gay stuff, and I didn't mention the Rob Lowe poster. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Um, so then, like, so clearly... Yeah, it's not the murder capital of the world. Yeah, I know, but but clearly they're... I stayed they're... in a hotel, a mot- which is worse, motel. A motel on the interstate in the murder capital of America when I was 17. Gainesville, Florida. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a good idea. A story for another time. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't remember what I was going to say. Santa Clara, murder capital of the oh, world. Oh, so it's the murder capital of the world. Is it the murder capital of the world because the vampires keep killing everybody? Yeah, but it's a big resort and everybody loves to go there. Yeah, I know, right? Um, so they're so they're clearly killing these people. What do they do with their bodies? They like, kill, well, he, well, that's a good question. They kill a, um, a fat security guard. Yes. 
Then they kill a they kill a couple that a girl that them. loves sad sack comics. Oh my god! Yeah, I know, right? She cannot get enough sad sack. And her boyfriend, who's a yeah, got in a fight with him or something like that. The vampires. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all we really see. Yeah, yeah, and then um, then we get then we get a uh, a fake out. We don't know until later that it's a fake out that they're attacking Max. Like, why would they? If he's Ugh. if he's the head vampire, so the frame, the frame story is is the problem. I think there should be, uh, or not a frame story. Sorry, I'm giving away my thing for this second movie. The fir- the the fake fake out, or, the, mm. or it's not a fake fake out. It's it is a fake fake out. It is a fake fake out. Yes, I, it's just not necessary. You literally don't even think or care about that character no. until they keep drawing attention back to him. Right, right, right. And when right. you've got, like, more than a half an hour left in the movie and he's like, are you going to invite me in? We've I know this is 1987, but we've all seen vampire movies. Yes. So we're just waiting for the shoe to drop. And it doesn't their, – their suspicion of him doesn't lead to anything all that great. No. And then he just goes away and we kind of forget about him because we've got to deal with other stuff. Yeah, and then he Actually, comes Michael's got to get laid. Right, And then right. he comes back – like a third date yeah, at the end for the reveal. And if we just left it open the entire time, I think it would have been fine. Yeah. But when she goes to his house and it looked like he was being attacked, but he's not fine because he goes on a date with her later and the dog right. goes crazy on her. It's not a reveal. It's We're just waiting for it to happen. Well, but what I want to know is if he's the hound of hell, as as they're suggesting, because Sam's reading this comic and hounds of hell guard vampires what have you whatever right um why do we have another dog that hates him well yeah and then like why does his dog growl at the lost quote-unquote lost boys when they come into the store and i mean i mean clearly he doesn't want to be associated with them but why does the dog growl at them because he's told the dog which is semi-intelligent and doesn't come back for like a cool fight at the end right with with the real dog with nanook um it's just sloppy. The script's just sloppy. That's what it I is. Know. It's just sloppy. I know. And then I think I was talking to you before, like, the, the rules about vampires. Like, I, I know every... Oh, they kill a bunch of punks, too. I forgot. Yeah. But they're listening to Aerosmith. No punks like Aerosmith. Wow. Um, fake punks. Fake punks. So, so it, was, it was totally okay for them to kill them. Because uh, they were fake. Um, But their rules about vampires, I don't... I, so, so garlic doesn't work. Fine. He has to be invited in. Max has to be invited in, but the other vampires just come into the house. Um, when he's there for vamp for for vamp fire uh, for for the dinner, and they they do the fake fake out. You can see his reflection for some reason. Uh, when you're invited in, you uh, nothing works on you. You just appear as a normal human, I guess. So that's but you don't have to be invited fine. in. Because right. you can explode out of a fireplace if you so choose. Oh, my God. But then you will be susceptible to all the normal vampire weaknesses. Okay. That's fine. But I feel like they didn't really make that distinction very clear. I also like that the, their teeth are not <laughs> – their teeth are not canines. They're vampire teeth. Mm-hmm. They're, they're second set of incisors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. But maybe they – I don't see how big they were. Maybe they cover the canines then, too, because that would look really weird. I don't not. remember. I don't know. Anyway, that's honestly. not that, that's not where your canines are. Right. Your canines in a healthy, normal mouth are mm-hmm. you know three three out from the center. 
I, I did like how they kind of made a slight distinction in, in looks between Michael, who was not yet a full-fledged vampire, and then the full-fledged vampires. Like, he looks kind of sickly and pale, but he doesn't, his face isn't quite the monstrous form yet. Yeah, and there isn't any, yeah, and he fights, I don't know, he fights Kiefer Sutherland, and there's, there is no... Sam doesn't help him. He doesn't use some no. bit of knowledge that he got. Like, no. he just fights a full vampire and beats him. Sam does, yes. And he only wins because he's got plot armor. Like, he's the main character. Like, if you're going to introduce this, well, to be fair, monster squad kind of element where it's like they know all about the creatures because they've researched them. And how do you how do you kill a werewolf, you know? Can you shoot him in the balls with mm-hmm. a silver bullet or whatever? Um, yeah, it just sort of, we got to end this thing. So, we... I, I I did like the bit where they they go to the church and they take their canteens and they just fill it up with holy <laughs> like, water. There's like a a wedding or something. Yeah, going on. or yeah. it was like a baptism. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that that was a good bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that they could have used the lore a little bit more. I think that they could have. I don't know, like made the story more interesting. Gone longer. I mean, I don't usually want more length, but it's ninety eight minutes. I mean, it's it's either use the use it, you know, so um, exactingly as, as far as its structure. Yeah. Or ju- but they they screw around for so long in the first half, and then they just have to blow through all the set pieces at the well, in the second half. And then so the girl. Star, who Michael likes, Star, um, is like Michael, where she's like a vampire, but she hasn't killed anybody yet. So, and you're not as much of a vampire if you haven't, you know, killed somebody yet. But like, why did they do that to her? Because David likes her, like Kiefer Sutherland, or what? And then they have the little kid, the little boy, Michael. What if it was? <laughs> I was wow. thinking about Job. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Vampires, Michael. <laughs> Why do they have the little kid with them? To stakes again, literally stakes. Yeah, but but if 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 their whole plan, the whole what is, is their plan? The whole thing is unrealized, well, and because, the parts like, that I like the most aren't. I mean, I guess I liked when the guy blew up in the bathtub, and then yeah. all those faucets exploded and everything like and that. And then he like the skeleton like sits up. That was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was all right. Yeah, but. I the parts that I liked were were somebody thought had some thought about this world, but then we had to go off and do something else. And so there's a great um, the separation between you know the brothers and like their their sort of interests. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought it was even though they're supposed to not be that far apart. Yeah, um, I thought it was interesting. I thought that the the class structure of of children was interesting, which is a there's a caste system and a class system in kid interactions yeah that is now explored all over in mean girls and mm. you know and what have you but just seeing that i thought was cool but not enough of it and i also liked um just the difference in division in like age and stakes i did it three times mm. uh in scenes like when star comes to visit michael and <sighs> tell him to get away or something i don't know which why she's there but anyway um this is after they've like done it and yeah, right. So they're in his, they're in his him brother's. He can kill the head vampire, and then yeah, yeah. They're okay. in her brother's room, and the brother's just freaked out, and he's like assimilating all this information about vampires, and but they're having this conversation from another movie where it's like you shouldn't have come back, and it's right. like 
I, I don't know how to do this without you. And he's like, kill this bitch. Yeah, <laughs> right, <it."> right, right. <laughs> like, yeah, that that was good. Yes. But, uh, you know, uh, everybody's done every way to kill a vampire. Um, even at this point, they've done a lot. Although, back to the gang stuff, their blood is glitter. Why? They, I don't know why. It's glitter? They beat Twilight. Yeah. They kill Alex Winter and they get sluiced with yeah. uh, with liquid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they run outside and it's all, it's glittering. Glistening? They oh, clearly put okay. like stripper glitter in, in the, li- uh, in the in li- a, liquid. In the goo? Yeah. Okay. Huh. There's a good point too where they, you know, the, I, I like them too because they're like the experts, but of course, you know, they've never... They're experts in their own mind. They're armchair, right. They, they've never actually killed a they're vampire superheroes. before. Right, yeah. right, right. So they get out there with all their gear and stuff, and then they're like, all right, let's get ready. And then they, <laughs> they're they supposed to check each other's gear, but they both turn yeah. around at the same time. That was a good and moment. And then the other one's like, whoa. <laughs> and he turns around and checks him. That was pretty good. But this movie needed more subtle stuff like that. Well, it did. But I don't know. I don't understand. Like, the, maybe they don't know how many vampires there are, but, like, I feel like the that the brothers could have talked with Michael and like said like who do you think the leader is cuz they have no idea and then like also they they have stakes wooden stakes that they've made but they only bring two it's there's just a lot of things like that that like don't make sense <laughs> and but then like also like going back to like like what do the what do the boys want what do they want like the what frog are they brothers? no the the lost boys what do they what do oh. they what are they after? Never grow because, up, never die. Yeah, but like, are you just like Which killing is like, whoever? <laughs> yeah, like, aren't you just killing whoever you want? And then, like, do you do you want to create an army of vampires? Because it doesn't seem like that's they're what disaffected, you want. and you don't want uh, somebody, you know, Kiefer Sutherland to show a moment of humanity and give a speech about how, like, you know, I've been every punk show that came through this town, and I realized one day that none of it mattered, you know. Right. He, he went real punk. When he went into goth emo, and then I met uh, Al or whatever the head vampire's name is. Max, you're good yeah. at names. Yeah. That Am used to I? be my power. <laughs> you're gonna have to carry the load for me now. We don't get that, and it's fine because this no. is just popcorn. This is just fun. Yeah, yeah, that's. I'm true. saying that. Yeah, and and it is fun. Um, I I do enjoy it. Uh, I just I just wish there was there were got- more, like you said. Stakes. Me too. We got to keep so, it under an hour. Moving on. All right. All right. Well, from uh, one guy with a tenuous relationship with death who wants to make people drink blood to another guy, same thing. We're talking about The Last Temptation of Christ was yes. my film. And it was filmed in, came out in 88, I believe. <laughs> I think so. Um, I don't know why I don't just know. Uh, I don't um, know. I lived through that. <laughs> And we will talk about that after you give us a recap. Oh, I'll do my best. You it's, just go. It's just under three hours. But... It's the Gospels. Look it up. <laughs> right, right. Except it's not a, well, I don't know. It's it's kind of a, a, a um, it's not exactly based on the Bible. Let me put it that way. Um, yeah. Where do, where does it depart? I don't know. <laughs> um, Bluff called. Uh, but anyways, uh, so it is the story of uh, of Jesus Christ, and we um, 
Uh, and uh, he, when we meet him in the beginning, he's he's a very tortured soul, uh, and he doesn't really have direction in his life, and he doesn't really know uh, what he should do. He so he kind of goes on a quest to find this, and um, supposedly God speaks to him and and tells him that he needs to, you know, talk to other people and. Um, he doesn't exactly tell him spread love, but that's more or less what... <laughs> like take six. Yeah, right. Uh, but, but you know, like talk to other people and, um, you know, and you basically, like, he says when he's talking to Judas later, like, I'll talk to people and I'll just know what to say before I say it. So... Right. Um, so yada, that's yada, yada. what happens <laughs> and people start to follow him. Um, also Mary Magdalene is there. Um, and, and the rest, um, there's James and John. Right. And the rest. <laughs> right. I mean, not fitting them into a song. Uh, lots of other things happen. I, I don't know. Um, he meets, <laughs> He meets John the Baptist. He gets baptized. Um, he uh, um, gets more followers and everything. And then he tells Judas one day that he's gotten more word from God that uh, he needs to be crucified and he needs Whoa, to die. Yada, yada. And uh, <laughs> uh, and then after three days, he'll come back. And, and he meets David Bowie. Yes. And... Uh, and then he gets crucified, and then there's then there's new a, movie. There's a new movie, <laughs> and then it ends. Yeah, <laughs> I'd never seen this before. Uh, it's directed, of course, by Martin Scorsese, so I would have hit it eventually um, on my Scorsese um, full watch because there's some Scorsese ones I haven't seen. Yeah, there's so many movies to see. Yeah, um, and that. You, you what? You, what does Scorsese bring to this? Do you know what I mean? Um, apparently, he had wanted to do a picture about the life of Christ for a while, okay. and it was on and off. And I think nobody wanted a Jesus picture in the seventies. Okay, uh, and so it was kind of off. And he did like Mean Streets, and and but uh, I think Barbara Hershey gave him um, the book that this was based on oh, okay. uh, when they were doing like Boxcar Bertha or something like that. And he was like, "I mean, do that one. We'll do that." Yeah, okay. We'll go to Morocco. Yeah, right. the whole thing out there. <laughs> I don't know if this is a cooking era or not. Um, and uh, I'd never seen it uh, because this was the worst thing ever. Uh-oh. And you asked me earlier today when we were thinking about going out to the protests uh, if I'd ever been to a protest before. And I was rifling through my life and um, the, the various protests I had done. And there was one that I was invited to and ultimately didn't go. And it was protesting the opening of this film. Really? Yes. Huh. Because it's evil. Why is it evil? I don't know. Okay. And I think for a long time I never watched it because I thought, mm, I don't want to have to wrestle with that. Uh-huh. And um, it's one of the best, like, uh, what do you call it? Advent? No, that's when Jesus is going to be born. The Life of Jesus. Yeah, It's one sure. of the best Life of Jesus films I've ever seen. Sure. And because, but, you know, qualifier it focuses almost fully on the humanity of Jesus. Yes. And yeah. not the the God boy who, you know, can just zap all his problems away. You know, it really focuses on the idea of a guy, you know, struggling with these this calling 
and even try, like you said, trying to find the calling. Mm-hmm. And there are things in it that there's a lot of it that is condensed. There's a lot of it that is, um, you know, right out of the Gospels, but it's sort of shoved together. Like he yeah. didn't save Mary Magdalene from being stoned, then walk up onto a mount and tell, give the Beatitudes and go, who's got some fish and loaves? Want to see a magic trick? Like you didn't, the, but we got to you know condense all of this. But there's other stuff that is their own creation, and there's other stuff that I think might, is so specific it must be pulled from like the apocrypha or something like that. Okay, like Jesus seeing two snakes. Well, that's not in the Bible. No, I or like Jesus connected? seeing a guy who's like, "Hey, come on in here," and he's like, "Thanks, thanks. Uh, I'll pay in the morning or whatever." Uh, this is a weird Holiday Inn. Uh, you know, they oh, uh, this guy's dead. And he's like, that guy welcomed me in last night. And it's like, right. oh, no, he died days ago. It's like, right. Right, right. Goosebumps. Like, what? I know. <laughs> well, the snakes thing. Oh, snakes come back in a big way. Yeah, but I thought that we we saw that. And, and the snakes talked to him, too. What That's probably a big part of it. But, um. We see the two snakes on the door that leads to the entrance to where Mary Magd- Magdalene 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 or Magdalene whatever. Okay, Magdalene, uh, Magdalene. is. Um, yes. So is that why he sees the snakes? Because I, so, it's supposed to represent her somehow. Here's the thing, and this is the movie doesn't have time or the inclination to go into this, or it doesn't really matter. But I think. I think this movie's a mess, and it's way too long. And I think it's they, almost three hours. I think they could have e- either. Well, I mean, it, I think it's probably long enough, but as long as we're going somewhere, because once we there's the opening part, which again, Jesus, let me let me eliminate any doubt from your mind. When you're three years old, and your mommy tells you that God put you in her belly, I think you're you know you're set on a path, right? Right. But the Jesus that we find is. A normal guy. Yes. And he's a coward. He can't fight against the Roman occupation. Right. And one of his best friends, like Judas, um, who gets no lines in the Bible for the most part. This is at a f- totally expanded Judas. Uh-huh. But they equate him with, like, like Judas Maccabees and, like, the Jewish revolt. So he becomes, like, you know, the guy who's, like, fighting these people. Mm-hmm. And he smacks Jesus around because Jesus doesn't have the courage to fight. And Jesus makes crosses. Now that, Paul Schrader, is a real plant and payoff. That's a screenwriter thing that you did. Right, right, right. Schrader and, like, Scorsese back together. You know, you kind of expect, what's it? Someday a real rain's going to come and wash the Romans out of these streets. Like, what's what's it going to be? There is VO. Mm -hmm. This is a Martin Scorsese movie. And all the acting is a combination of, like, almost... Kind of like uh, I'm not really an actor acting and like almost um, Lanthimosian flat mm. effect. Mm. Did nobody yeah. feel that they could just act? Emote? Maybe yeah. not. This is this is serious. But, but it's like Easter cantata acting. <laughs> Which I don't know. It's fitting, I guess. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So a lot of those, you know, things are creations. They're not really, you know, what the Gospels say. But whatever. You're telling a story. It's a movie. Um, and I so once he, he starts getting in and we're starting to see like Scorsese as a very talented filmmaker's take on the story of the Gospels, I was totally wrapped up into it. I was, you know, like when he raises Lazarus from the dead, mm-hmm. I thought that was so cool because he like a hand comes out of the tomb and he grabs the hand and the hand pulls him in and you get this 
feeling of like he's wrestling with death almost, you know, yeah. when he's like, and of course it's an aperture. So he's, you know, sort of birthing him, rebirthing him right. again to life. And then he's killed by Saul of Tarsus, which is not in the Bible. <laughs> so there's just a lot of, you know, there's a lot of liberties taken with the story. Because um, when you think, think about that's... it, the Bible is the, is the original canon. It's literally right. where the word canon comes from. So I think that's why when you see, when um, religious people see stories about religious subjects, they're right. like, uh, Spider-Man uh, didn't actually do that in issue 237. You know, you know, it's like, they're the original comic book nerds. That's the pull quote I want. Religious people are the original comic book nerds. Just put that on the poster. <laughs> but uh, but so when we get into that and then there's, you know, they, they emphasize heavily the idea that he was a political leader as much as a religious leader. Yes. And they use John the Baptist to catalyze that because he tells him, you know, there's the axe or there's your heart that you talk about. And Jesus is like, Give me that axe. Uh-huh. And so that's supposed to, I think, make you understand. Because Jesus is, remember, there's four stories about him, and they're all a little different. So Jesus is all over the map in terms of his character in the Gospels. But I think that's supposed to sell to an audience how people could get so excited about this. You know, they've had messiahs have come and gone. There was a couple just the year before, you know, and mm-hmm. there's going to be more later. But how they could get excited about this one specifically. And then his antagonism towards the money changers in the temple and the hypocrites in the temple and all that and focusing on the temple. And he's like, we're going to burn this mother down. Right. Like, oh, really in the Bible. But when he lets go of that, then you get Judas, the Judas that you've created has to go. What's the deal? We were like two steps away from it. Mm-hmm. But now Jesus is like, no, no, actually the heart is more important than the ax. So I'm going to ask you to betray me. And Jesus right. becomes the author of his own betrayal right. and story. And, right, which is interesting. And religious people will get real mad about that. But in terms of story structure, that's really great. Mm-hmm. And it makes that the Judas kiss like so much worse. Yeah. And then David it Bowie shows up. It absolutely does. So, what was that? Then David Bowie shows up. Yeah, and then David Bowie shows up. <laughs> You're trying to make changes. Ch-ch-changes. <laughs> so, yeah, um... I really like that it focuses on um, the humanity of him. And I think that Jesus does a great, <laughs> Jesus does a great job. This is how good he does. Willem Dafoe does a great job. As Jesus. As Jesus. Yeah. Um, can't remember. I think he was nominated, but he didn't win. Uh, Harvey Cattell was nominated for a Razzie, I think, or like a, you know. Really? A, a, a whatever, a bad acting award uh, for his acting. For this? I didn't feel it so much. No. In fact, the biggest problem I had was they jammed Saul in there for some reason. And then yeah. when we go to the alternate universe, Jesus, yes. you got to go back in time. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, later on, and he runs into Saul. He's doing the thing. <laughs> he's like from Kentucky, right? Like he's the son of like a literal no like tobacco farmer, like a sharecropper. But he's he he's doing two things. He's doing... Um, there's a lot of uh, like evangelical preacher in everybody's speeches, Willem Dafoe, um, mm. and definitely him at the end. But he's also doing, and we're we're Jewish, right? We're supposed to be Jewish, you know. So he's like, I was blinded. He opened my eyes, and I was baptized. Uh, a yeah, little mush yeah, and a, a schwitz. Yeah, wonderful. Oh uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I don't. Scorsese just got a bunch of really talented people together and went, yeah, just do do whatever you want, do whatever you want. Uh, <laughs> And then we got that, you know. Yeah. Um, 
Wow. That's like Assassin's Creed Judas. <laughs> I know, right? Ooh, didn't I? I think I've said this before. Hmm. Do it, cowards. Wow. Assassin's Creed, Jerusalem. Now, you already did the Crusades, but take it back another 800 years. Sure. Assassin's Creed, Jerusalem. Why not? And then you find out that, you know, you can do the Dan Brown thing and Jesus really had a son or something. Or Jesus imparted the power to the orb. So all assassins who are traveling through time have Jesus power. He started it. He was the first. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, there you go. Uh, Say something. <laughs> Say something. Because I'm really interested in your reaction to this because, you know. Well, like, you're... so, okay. <laughs> a... I don't know. Say uh, the whole word. Um, wow. <laughs> I'm Jewish. Um, so his mother, like, he goes back to Nazareth at one point and his mother calls out to him and is like, come home, blah, blah, blah. And then he, I don't know, to be more like the son of God or something, but like he, he acts like he doesn't know her and and kind of gives her... He in the kisses. Bible, his brothers were there too. Oh, really? Yeah. So that happens in the... Okay. Yeah. He's, where, where is my mother? Where are my brothers? You know, I, I'm doing this. Okay. All right. Oh, I mean, you, you can still talk about it. Um. Well, I just <laughs> thought it was like she follows him still well but she seems like she turns away but then she's there later so i i don't know yeah um and her name was mary and his uh friend uh magdalene's name was mary why did you say that name (laughs) and the other lady's name was mary and there's a martha was named but there's another martha yeah (laughs) yeah I think Zack yeah. Snyder was just watching uh, Scorsese because oh, no. he loves him. Wow. And he's watching Last Temptation. He's like, huh, his friend's name is Mary. And his mom's name is Mary. I want another beer. <laughs> Ten minutes later. <gasps> Whoa! Oh, my God. Gets his yeah. Batman comic I out. Know, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> We've cracked it. <laughs> what do you think about the. So they're so they're okay. So they're they're the hats are piled to heaven in this movie. I think there's a lot going on in this movie. Yeah, and there is a, uh, I think, intense suggestion or a strong suggestion that Jesus has a brain tumor. You think so? Yes. Really? All throughout the beginning because of his life, he, he hears first thirty years of his and life, he, there's pain. He has pain, hallucinations, uh, and all this. I didn't get that, but okay. You know, up to the part where he. You know, he goes, they're going to do a run on the temple, and he sort of, you know, we see that he sees that he doesn't want to get a bunch of people killed, and he wonders if this is his mission or not, but he also is pretty weak coming out of there. Ultimately, it doesn't matter, because he's, you know, but uh, yeah, yeah. I thought that was sort of there. I don't know if that's okay. in the book. Okay, okay. You know, I can see it. Like you, Helicopters you going crazy it. out there. Yeah, I know, right? Makes me feel real safe. Um, you keep talking. I'm going to look at CCO, see what's yeah. going on. Okay. All right. <laughs> see, we got um, to go. <laughs> uh, not funny. Um, I mean, Willem Dafoe was great in it. I mean, the performances were great. Um, I should have known. So so the other movie, right? Uh, can we talk about that for a minute? Uh, uh, w- one minute. Okay. So it's called The Last Temptation of Christ because... As he's getting crucified, this oh, little, yes. little girl appears, what, what, 
No. Oh, oh, okay. And says she's his uh, guardian angel, and she, you know, See, takes him off the cross. And... I am white like you and all the other major stars in the film. Almost all of the speaking roles, if not all of the speaking yes. roles, are white. Yes. So I'm like, all right, it's fine. It's going to be a, a, a Pax uh, Jesus movie. Uh, but no, there are a ton of local people. There are yes. Moroccans all over this film. Yes. But yet you've got blue-eyed Willem Dafoe and Harvey Keitel. Who's got red hair. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think Judas in, in, in traditionally has red hair okay. in the uh, Mysterium, you know, surrounding. I don't think we know that in the uh, Bible, though. Okay. Say something. Uh, so so he has this whole other life. He gets married to uh, Mary Magdalene um, and uh, has a kid. With, well, she gets pregnant, but then God takes her. And, oh, that's the worst thing ever. And then, Which, and then the guardian angel is like, your friend Mary, she's pregnant with your child right now. Or she's carrying your child or something like that. But she's like, all women are the same. All women are one woman. Blah, 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 blah. That should have been my first clue. That oh, she you were was... fooled by the snapback. I, well, no. I was like, well, this is clearly the temptation, but I don't know what's going on here. But I, that should have been my first clue that she was the devil, if not, like, the third. I don't know. Well, she uh, wasn't Aslan. <laughs> and she wasn't the... Uh... She wasn't the exploding uh, asp, so right. She was the fire, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah, like, why is it a lion? It's like, hey, what's going on, Jesus? Oh, well, Aslan. Well, I'm well really hungry. we have to have. Can you give me some of that Turkish delight? Well, we, ha- we so we have a creature that is very closely associated with sin, the snake. So then we have to have something that's this regal and perhaps noble right could maybe tempt him more because they specifically go through it's not it's symbolically they're going through the three temptations of christ and, right. and which is like you know having whatever he wants or in a this family case, in this case love and a family yeah and then like having dom- dominion over all the kingdoms of the earth and then having like you know ultimate power over life and death or, or whatever mm-hmm. um yeah i mean that all checks out but this is the thing it's like scorsese's artistic interpretation of those things that i was interested in yeah but yeah yeah, there's just there's there's a there's a ton going on well you had a good point too like very early on uh jesus is talking about the devil and you mentioned because well there's no devil established that he's jewish there's no devil in judaism that's something else that again (laughs) so okay right the, the, the devil isn't a Jew. Uh-huh. We got that. Uh-huh. Neither is God, according to Jesus. Right. In this movie. Um, so the, for the flashback, even though it was all cool and cool and all and mm-hmm. playing some b-ball outside of school, uh, f- skip all the miracles and stuff. Skip the life of Jesus. Start with the crucifixion, cowards. Start with the crucifixion. Mm. And then we know where we are because, of course, we do. It's the most famous story on earth. Then have the girl appear and you go, well, this is weird. And then let's see, you know, don't yada, 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 Jesus's fake life. This is what people were protesting. If they knew this was just 20 minutes tacked on the end of a film that, you know, there's some boobs and butts because it's people, you know, living in that time um, would be a pretty good just movie to show in church. Right. The TV version of this movie would be the most. The greatest story ever told. (laughs) 
But then you have this thing at the end, and I'm like, if you're going to transgress, transgress, mother effer. Like that the whole movie is what you're saying? Yeah. And then okay. for the whole movie, you could, you know, I, I, maybe we just didn't have the, the idea of alternate timelines is so baked into like genre fiction now. Yeah. In cinema. Yeah. But like, then we could explore like the political, and this probably wasn't the book, so you're basing it on the book, but the right. political ramifications of Jesus not dying and not, you know, what, what happens then? And they right. kind of do that because he just goes and, you know, ages 50 years in, in two minutes. Mm-hmm. But then we find out that, you know, it's looking bad in Jerusalem uh, Israel is on still. fire. Yeah. yeah. But that would have, that happens anyway. Mm-hmm. And so uh, and then <laughs> Judas comes in and he's like, traitor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> F217. Uh, so, yeah. I So to make that the whole movie. And then like when you're like, oh, man, well, this is, things are getting really messed up. You know, then we can snap back and it's like. Oh, thank God I'm only being crucified. <laughs> right. It's like that scene in Top Secret, right? Where he has the nightmare that he can't find his class, you know, and he doesn't have his homework done. Uh-huh. And then he wakes up and, like, the Nazis are whipping him. And he's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Which reminds me, speaking of funny men, why is it okay for nobody protests Mel Brooks for doing a, a scene where he's the waiter at the Last Supper? Oh, you guys want bread and wine? Wine, wine. Okay, I'll get some wines for the table. Like, <laughs> oh, that's fine. But we're going to protest this movie, I guess. Uh, so, maybe because that's just a little part of so it. So there's all I these tantalizing know. stuff in there. You know, the humanity of Jesus, the fact that he is a political leader, although in the Bible he often says, you know, everybody's getting excited about me, but I'm not. I'm here to fulfill the law. I'm not going to destroy it. Mm-hmm. Um but also he, you know, does kind of say, you know, I am the way, I'm the law now. He's he's original Judge Dredd. <laughs> so look, at, you know, you look at the political, you look at the religious side. Like when he meets John the Baptist, he's not some guy who is um, t- taking an offering, you know, and everybody's sitting in pews. Like he is a like, holy mess- rolling. Everybody's Messiah-ish dancing and there's drums, person. and it's yeah. it's more of an ethnic Judaism than the Christianity that we try to put on that era like everybody was just not going to church and then jesus is like what's up go to church and tithe and we're like oh i'll get a tie like it's there was a lot of religions going on back then and a lot of ways to practice judaism i mean there was the covenant obviously but you know when you think about like hell and heaven those concepts don't necessarily exist in judaism there are different we argue about stuff right so there's different like interpretations of what the afterlife might be like, but there generally isn't a hell, but all Jesus movies do that, but they kind of immediately try to jam that in a little bit. And it's like, let it play out a little, like visit other religious leaders, you know, see what they have to say, get in a fight with some, uh, some Sadducees or something like that, Mm. which he does do eventually. Um, We got like two minutes. So let me uh, blow through my notes here. Um, (laughs) There'll be some good stuff. I'm Uh, sure that there will be. So absolutely. yeah, Yeah. Uh, um, Jesus is white. Got it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he pities men. I thought that was interesting. That's the original initial scene of his quest is that he pities everybody. Yes. Uh, Irving Kirshner, a famous director, directed Empire Strikes Back and a bunch of other stuff, plays Zebedee, the sort of heckler at the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, you're saying blessed are the peacemakers? <laughs> it's got a <laughs> weird kind of voice. Uh Maybe if I just punch these out, it won't be quite as funny. <laughs> uh, there's a, I like, you know, I like the, there's a kind of a colloquial, um, 
Jesus Christ Superstar, the way kind of version of the Sermon on the Mount, because he's like, so there's a farmer, and he throws some seed out, and they're like, uh, what's the, what's the farm, what is any of this? And he's like, I'm the farmer, I got the seed! (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) And then people are like, so you're saying... Kill the rich. Yeah. Kill the rich. Yeah, Kill right, the rich. right, He's right. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Judas does hang himself, so uh, maybe not in this alternate timeline, but uh, we don't see that. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> what if we knew that, and not only is it, Jesus, you've got to go back in time and be crucified so this all works out, but also I will, maybe somehow I know that I will betray you and commit suicide out of despair so he's got to let he's got to sentence his friend to death to go back in time <laughs> that's Dude, not funny that, no, what are you laughing not at funny. i'm sorry i like the idea that prophecy influences real world events because this movie there are miracles there is magic or whatever but it also you know there's a lot of prophecy in isaiah about the messiah a lot of uh, messiah prophecy comes from isaiah and he's reading the He's, he's like, I was reading Isaiah the other night, and it says, you know, I'm the Lamb of God, and I have to be killed or whatever. And he's like, is that, I think that's me, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I have to be killed. And they're like, what are you talking about? Or he goes to John the Baptist, and he's like, you know the what the scriptures say, you know, that the Messiah will come? And he's like, are you the Messiah? He's like, am I? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the doubt. Yeah, because the doubt is yeah, in the Bible. A, Jesus yeah. does, you know, in the garden say um, that, you know, the Lord, take this cup from me. And on the cross says, you know, why have you forsaken me? And so this guy's a human guy. Yeah. As well as whatever level of God that you think that he was as well. <laughs> I'm thinking about the Arians. What? A-R-I-A-N, the Arian heresy. Don't worry about it. Okay. <sighs> I don't know why you're saying. I'm trying to fit four years of Bible school into one podcast. All right, that's it. Also, I would say uh, at least Google Assassination 33 AD. Uh, if you're not going to watch it, I kind of want to watch that movie for this show, but maybe not. Um, it's a little weird that there's a Peter Gabriel soundtrack, and it goes full Peter Gabriel with the drum solo and everything at the end. I imagine Mary Magdalene just holding up a boombox. Climbing I... up on the Hill. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's, a, it's a little weird. Yeah. Choice for the end song. <laughs> it's well, Peter Gabriel's a real word choice, period. Um, um, so anyway, that's it. Uh, we'll be back. Man, we're going to come back, right? Yeah, of course. It's so hot in here. I don't ever want to do this again. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, I did think it was an interesting choice to oh, no, how at the done. end of the film... He so we 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 no we're uh, done. Uh, the, the 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 film is they they make it look like that the film plan. is burning or whatever. Yeah, that was I think that was Scorsese like please don't kill me it's only a movie like when the sort of frames uh, the tracks from the uh, yeah. film come out at the end. Yeah. All yeah, right, yeah. that's it. We'll see you later. Until then, stay healthy, stay safe. I wanna be-